0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to the Fitness Club. This is episode 90 for June 2017, and it's called Armchair Psychologizing. Excellent title. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fidesz Club. My name is Patrick Beja and today we're having a regular episode which means uh, we're getting people from different countries, different places in the world and we talk about the things that have been happening in the past month or so and hopefully we give everyone uh, a slightly different angles views on uh, the the news topics that's what we endeavor to do anyway um just a quick word before we start there's a bunch of stuff that happened in um Saudi Arabia and I was really looking forward to hearing uh, Turkey's opinions on things. But unfortunately, he didn't feel well and uh, couldn't come on the show. So sadly, we won't. I know a lot of people were probably expecting to hear from him. But yeah, sorry, he's not here. Um, and we will forever have a dark curtain and box over what happened there in Saudi Arabia. But um, we still have a wonderful panel to talk about the things that are happening in the world. Uh, first wendy dunford is here from sweden how's it going wendy
0: hi good
2: you are so you're representing sweden and a little bit of america right
0: yeah yeah
2: how how long have you been in sweden now you're almost not american anymore
0: i know i forgot almost everything no (laughs) i three years
2: yeah so uh, when do they take your your uh passport back
0: They are so generous. They'll just give me a Swedish passport if oh. I was stay here five years. So That's it's not nice. the other way around. It, they're, they're not America. <laughs> Wait,
2: are, are you actually considering it? or
0: I don't know. We'll have to see. It, it, so you have to live here five years as sort of a registered um, resident. And uh, then you have the option to get citizenship, which is pretty wow. amazing.
2: So yeah. you heard it here first. Uh, Wendy Dunford <laughs> quitting... Her uh, American uh, origins uh, and roots and betraying her country. That's yeah, what don't you tell get. tell my family, when you have,
3: okay?
2: <laughs> when you have uh, bleeding heart liberals, and that's, <laughs> that's, you see the true colors. There you go. All right. That's thanks right. for being on the show, Wendy. Uh, thankfully, we have a real uh, red blooded <laughs> American on the show to uh, balance out Wendy's uh, traitorship. And that's Owen, who's back on the show after a wonderful episode after the election of Donald
1: Trump a few months ago. How's it going, sir? I think my blood's green. I don't think it really, you know, (laughs) I don't plan on uh, having my blood being shown to the world so the oxygen's not going to hit it. So the red blooded Americanizing of your statement is incorrect, but I'm still happy to be here. Uh while we figure out what color my blood truly is. That's the important thing that we want to know about.
2: Um but yeah, no, thank you very much for being on, uh Owen. I'm very glad to uh be able to ask you a few questions uh about what's happening in your country. And I'm sure the answers will be very
1: interesting. Uh yeah, I'm people, so anyway. But my my answers are always wrong, but um they're definitely <laughs> They're definitely mine. I cannot act as a, a speaking voice for everybody, but they should think like me if they were smart. Yeah, safe.
2: I, I I I tend to agree. I, I usually <laughs> when I go about my day, when I I'm faced with a question, I try to think what would Owen do, and usually the answer that I get is the right one. So thank exactly. you for uh, providing is providing us with that on the show as well. And finally, Marlene is back from the Netherlands uh, with the burning question not only uh, how's the, the heat wave going, but also <laughs> do you finally have a government? And uh, we'll have an answer to that. I'm sure. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll have some answer to the question at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have answers to all of these. And um, I'm going to be able to talk about the, the heat wave and the government question for France as well. And there's some shenanigans happening in Finland too. Like It seems like every political uh, uh environment is being i don't know uh, uh there's weird things happening everywhere um but i guess the first thing we have to to kind of talk about it's the heat wave that's completely devastating here europe and some people are saying uh you know it's global warming some people are saying no that's normal variations that that's not how you look at this Uh, But yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it's basically what anyone can talk about on Twitter and anywhere else if you're in Central Europe. Thankfully, I uh, stayed true to my French roots, unlike others, and I cut and run and fled to (laughs) Finland where it's raining and depressingly cold. So I'm not suffering from that heat wave. But um, you were saying, Marlene, that you had to like uh, uh, get baths of ice basically to stay alive. (laughs)
3: No no it's it's I'm I'm really lucky I have a really really uh old house um but it's um it's a couple of floors so the lower floor is super cool which is awesome and then we uh but we sleep in like the top floor it gets really hot there <laughs> now the i mean is, if, if those are the biggest complaints let's be honest we're really lucky
2: <laughs> right we're going to get to other questions in a little bit which are <laughs> yeah. going to be more controversial um but we don't have hair, air i got i was going to say hair conditioning we yeah. have hair conditioning we don't have air conditioning which i'm sure the americans would be really outraged about If wait they were what <laughs> yeah we don't <laughs> exactly we
3: don't we have old houses man
1: yeah. They, okay. So you don't you don't have window units or any what? No. I
3: I've, I've never seen a window unit that actually made me want to look at my own house. So no.
1: Nope. Wow. It will probably cost you about eight hundred dollars to get one sent to you freight. But for the love of Jiminy Christmas, if it's that hot, a window <laughs> unit would save your life. Like real. You don't have air conditioning? I'd quit that country. Asap. <laughs> I'm I'm upset. I'm oh as um, a black man and as an overweight person. <laughs> I I feel sad for you in my heart. I'm about to send you air conditioner right now. I I'm understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I I should have told
3: uh, told you one more thing about the Dutch. We love to complain. So let's do, you know we should have. It's all either too hot or it's too cold. That's just that's how we. Do yeah, it. but when it's too do you cold, you love we have dying heat tickets, from heatstroke. So. Like,
2: <laughs> you know, that's actually a big question because we have a lot of you know elderly people, as most yes. uh, countries do. And uh, last time it was ten years ago, we had such a big heat, heat wave. and in France it was a huge problem. Like a lot of elderly actually died because they weren't being cared for appropriately. Now, hopefully, we took the steps to remedy that. But air conditioning or hair conditioning could help <laughs> in those cases. So, um, oh,
3: I, we have uh, uh, our uh, national heat plan is currently active, um, which uh, basically boils down to quite literally: um, please take care of the people who are not super fit. Th- yeah. That's that's what it means. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so keep an eye out. I,
1: mean, I know, it's know. like stuff. But let me just tell you something. This is how important air conditioning is. I could teach you in five minutes how to make a portable. From home air conditioning. <laughs> you get a, a styrofoam cooler, you punch two holes in it, you fill it with ice, and then you put a fan on the top of it and it draws the evaporating air out. It'll cool a bedroom down to like 65 degrees in 20 minutes. Like, what is going on that you guys don't have air? I'm well, sorry.
0: Owen, Owen, there's a major problem. There's no styrofoam here and there's no ice.
3: Also, Um, there's no space. Do you have any idea how small (laughs) old houses are in Europe? (laughs) There's
1: no space, (laughs) on It takes the size of a small suitcase. A a small suitcase can cool your room for the (laughs) night. You can breathe. I'm really upset about this. I don't know why we're talking about this. We need to all talk right. about what's going on. This you is ridiculous. What?
2: I sense that Owen is getting a little bit emotional uh, about all of this. So, so sad. I think we're going to move on to another uh, somewhat, you know, less important uh, story. But at the same time, I'm very curious to hear how uh, upset that will make Owen and possibly everyone. Um, last time we spoke on the show, uh, President Trump had just been elected. And uh, if I remember correctly... You were firmly in the camp of I don't care for either of the candidates I think they're both as bad as you know each other And basically, I don't m- really mind that Trump was elected Because I think Clinton would have been just as bad Is that an okay characterization of your uh, mindset at the time?
1: Exactamundo It's like Godzilla right. and Mothra fighting in the city Who cares? <laughs> they're both going to destroy the city Alright, so then
2: my question now is you know one that i 've been waiting a long time to ask months uh, after everything we 've seen after everything you know the 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 it 's a trivial example, but Trump going to play golf like on the taxpayer's dime for weekends on end after criticizing basically everything he does you can find a tweet from the past five years where he vehemently criticizes everything, and not to mention, you know, the healthcare bill that is being discussed in secret when they were criticizing this, when the Democrats were doing it like much more openly, and the Russian ties that we've seen and the nepotism that is rampant, uh, although, you know, some people might claim that he's just getting people to run his administration like he would in his family business, quote unquote. All right, a lot of things have been happening. Without going over all of it, are you still in the same mindset? Do you still think things would have been just as bad with a Clinton presidency?
1: Uh, I think you did go over it. Uh, I think he covered everything. <laughs> um, and surprisingly enough for you, I will say, I am very pleased with this administration. I am very pleased really? with Donald Trump in the United States of America. I still think that it still would have been the same if Hillary would have been the president, except for one caveat. One caveat is she would have been more sneaky and savvy and not let you notice she was trying to destroy the world and take over everything and fill her <laughs> pockets and make her family an oligarchy, as opposed to the do the doofus that just does it openly and plainly and doesn't care. Let me just tell you something real quick about how great America is and how great our president is right now. So for a long time people are okay with the status quo of government and how things work. And they think, oh, well, shucks. I know some people are oppressed. I know some places don't get funded. I know inner cities don't get this, and equal justice. Well, when you have it so blatant and across the board where it affects every race and nationality and sex of It makes everybody get off their butt and stop saying, oh, well, it's okay, because now it's not okay for anybody. So now the country is quote-unquote woken up, except for the people that slumber in the hills and mountains and doofusville in the south. Everyone else is (laughs) woken up. They're going out to uh, uh, things politically, and they're arguing about stuff. The town halls are getting shut down because Republicans are scared. I mean, it is a great day in America. I am so proud of 45 for uniting so many people together and getting them off their butt and angering them and showing them that, hey, Yes, yeah, schools are important. So he's undercutting schools. Well, now you actually know what the school budget is. Now you actually pay attention to what the school budget is. You didn't know what it was for the last 10, 8, 12 years. But now you know and you're thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to cut that in half? We didn't have nothing to begin with. So I am personally actually happy about the job the 45 has done to stir up the nation and Uh, Show everybody what's going on in politics, because normally they hide behind a curtain and everybody thinks it's hunky dory and it's not. But he's so stupid. He does it in plain sight. So I'm grateful. So basically, okay. so you you're you would have been afraid
2: that if Clinton had passed, it would have been business as usual. But now we're seeing all the mess. And so people, so do you feel that people are actually getting more active politically because some of the blunders that both of the parties would do are more visible with 45? I I feel like calling him 45 has a sense of
1: like he, he, who should not, who should not be named, but um. I'll I'll break it. I'll break it down really simply for you. Um, I have two friends, one that's 37. He has three children. He smokes weed every day. He does construction, smokes weed every day. I've known him since high school. I've never once heard him say a word about any president, any election, any vote, any budget, any bill. He's tagging me and stuff, calling me about stuff every other week. Did you (laughs) know that blah, 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 ever since Trump was elected, now, now all of a sudden he's informed. His kids are 10, 8, and 3. He hasn't given a crap. About education, bills Budgets, nothing, guess what Now his pothead self knows about Everything, I have another friend Exact same way Dude, Dude's out here drinking, all he does Is go to the bar and chase women He's out here talking about, did you hear about The uh, the, uh, the war budget, the school budget I'm like, why are you <laughs> talking about budgets You should be talking <laughs> about Hennessy So that's how I know That this administration has Woken up people that have been asleep For decades People with children that never gave a who and or any, and now they're paying attention. So yeah, okay. America. So okay,
2: <laughs> America. <laughs> we were America. Right. We were joking before the sh- we started recording that uh, basically the answer to everything is America, and it America. works. I think it works.
1: No air conditioning, so, America. <laughs> <laughs> so before I go to to
2: Wendy, because I want to hear her thoughts about this as well. But what do you what do you hope? Will happen, you know, in the midterm elections and maybe in the next election because the, uh, you know, awakening to. And let's put aside, you know, some of the diehard supporters of uh, uh, the current administration. I say diehard because I think every poll shows that the support of President Trump is lower than any presidency has ever seen or very close to the lowest we've ever seen. So I think it's fair to say. They're not seeing a lot of confidence from the people. Uh, but let's put that aside, which could be a whole entire conversation by itself. Uh, let's put that aside for a second. What is your hope uh, that of, for what will happen in the next elections? Because if the, you know, if the Republicans, or, I'm sorry, if the Democrats are just as bad, or maybe it was just Clinton, um, what's the way out?
1: So without Clinton, it's going to be easier for the Democrats to get the House and the the Congress back. And that's the first step. Hopefully, you know, that all switches and we get power back there um, and then we can go forward. If that doesn't happen, then everything I just said is moot, because even though people are paying more attention, that means they're not going out to vote, because right now. With his, See what I'm saying? His approval rating is so low that even people who didn't care about politics don't like this guy now. People right. who never would have ever paid attention to it are like, yo, this isn't right. So right now we need to get... Um, The lower branches of government swaying back to the Democratic side. I'm an independent. I really don't like any of them. Like, even the people you end up liking are just scumbags and doing horrible deals. Like, Cory Booker is, like, some savior of grace, and then he goes and says, oh, no cheap medication from Canada. We can't do that. We don't know if Canada's medicine is regulated. And we're like (laughs) – they all come from the same factories and get shipped all over the world. What are you talking about? But again, he took a lot of money from pharmaceutical companies and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's rough to say who's going to do what, but we need Democrats because they're a little bit better than these uh, looney tune Republicans right now, for the most part. Okay.
2: Wendy, what do you think about all of this and maybe your feelings on the – after six months of the Trump presidency?
0: Well, I – I totally agree with Owen. <laughs> like really? I think so. Oh, like, yeah.
2: Are you actually thinking this is maybe the 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 hard, you know, hard but necessary wake up call to to the nation?
0: Well, I, I I do think that Clinton would not have been able to do. First of all, to be honest, I think her gender would have created lots of fun. Things For a long time, I think similarly to Obama, I think I think the vitriol towards him was not as simple as he talked like a professor. Right. I mean, it was a it was a different it had an impact that I I think was part of the boiling up to this moment. I think the same thing would have happened with Clinton. I think it would have kept going. And then I think we would have had a Trump after her, some version of that. Mm. So it feels like it was going to happen inevitably. And Trump is a symptom, not necessarily the thing that started any of this. So I agree with him that either side is not trustworthy. Both sides are compromised continually. Um, I think, you know, let's talk about campaign finance reform. We should have done that 100 years ago. So we just, there's no way to pull all this apart and have it be the system I think that we it could be, that would be amazing, um, unfortunately. However, I have to say, it's really nice to live outside of America. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, and it, and there's a reason. I, I as I I read a lot. I pay attention to what's happening. I have done this thing. I, I I lean, I'm center, little to the left, but I have read Fox News every single day, in addition to many other sources, and I am astounded. It's like watching Family Feud. It's he said, she said, over and over, and name calling, and everybody's doing it. I mean, it just feels like it's a bunch of preschoolers fighting on a playground when you step back from it. And uh, obviously, it has real life consequences. And on some level, it's terrifying. But yet, it is really interesting. Now, is the system corrupt in and of itself? Is anyone who gets to be a president um, got to be pretty corrupt to be there in the first place? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, all of that is is a thing. Sorry, someone's. Shooting off in How my dare in the background. They, I know, As we're right? We're doing the show. Come on, this is world peace we're talking about. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but it really has been, and, and so I'm a psychologist. I don't know if you ever announced that. But it is really fun to arm so armchair psychologist. Psychologize—that's a word, right? Just yes, absolutely. Well, if it's
2: not, we'll make it one.
0: <laughs> it is. It's a word. Um, Trump from afar. Um, you know, it's interesting. I have more. Empathy for the guy than you would suspect. I think maybe because it's so public, this mm. kind of not knowing what he's doing and the game that is politics, the man does not know how to do. And um, he's—I feel like he's kind of the crazy uncle at Thanksgiving dinner that's just going to get on Twitter and ruin everything.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> get a little it, drunk it and be, say everything wrong. The, the way we look at it, I think it, we would be—it would be funny or sad, or both, if he wasn't the president.
1: You know, that's, yeah. I think, yeah. Right. Okay. Again. Um, okay. Just, okay. Just sorry to interrupt, but one, I, I like that someone who's a, a doctor is agreeing with me, a fake doctor. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, the biggest thing is the empathy thing, I don't feel sorry for a grown man that is basically a con artist. You, you Every time you think he's a buffoon, think of the way that this man has failed up in his life. His things that he says are just distractions for dumb people to jump on board and go along with because they're dumb. And that's how he's failed. His book should have been called The Art of the Con. He is a con artist. He is a professional con artist. So even when you think he's making a mistake, really, he's helping himself out. Because even those blunders, all they do is muddy the waters. He says, oh, they have my phones tapped. Instead of investigating what actually was going on, people are reporting on his tweet and questioning uh, old FBI directors about a tweet. The man is a genius. Like, don't ever oh, no. feel any anger you know, for this man. Don't ever think, feel bad for this man. This man is a con artist who failed his way through life with his daddy's money, and now is forty-five in America this day and age. I don't feel bad for him. I mean, I wish I could be like him. Somebody give me a million dollars and let me start conning people. I tell you no, what. I, y'all I I completely,
0: I completely agree with you. But it is this. It's an interesting way. I didn't do this on purpose, but it's this thing I've done to manage the feeling that we have put into office someone who is unbelievably untrustworthy and dangerous. So it's my, it's my psychological, it's my response of like, and and everyone who knows him and is connected to him. And, you know, when he undercuts everyone left and right, he claims something, he tweets the wrong thing. I mean, Sean Spicer, bless his little heart. (laughs) So it's just my mom' response, I think, more than anything. But I agree with you; it is, it's, I, it's so overwhelming to really think about. So I, I shut down and try to feel bad. Yeah. I guess.
2: <laughs> I think you know the the that's the big question ultimately, and I think we'll never have the answer: Is he really just a, a, a lucky and useful idiot? As you know, we we historically the term is is important and and context, contextualized here. It makes sense. So is he a, a lucky idiot and a useful idiot, or is he a genius? And it really can't be anything in the middle. It has to be one of the extremes, and I don't think we'll ever know. Um, both are honestly almost equally likely, um, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. You, you can
1: um, you can answer the question yourself. It's really easy. He He is... He, call him an idiot savant. He's a smart person in what he does. He knows marketing. He knows branding. He knows himself. He knows name. He knows value. He knows recognition. He tried to be a businessman on his own. He failed. So then he leveraged his name and his name popularity to continue doing business and have other people take on the brunt of the losses of his deals. So the guy is smart. The guy's a con man. He knows how to walk into a room. I don't know. Him and listen to what he wants he gets, gets on a stupid little TV show and he says stupid little things and people listen to him he goes out and he says the burst certificate birth get burst certificate birth. you repeat things and he's he's smart he's smart at what he's smart at does he know how to budget a uh, balance of a book no does does he know how to read Probably not but he's smart and he knows how to perpetuate uh image of himself of power and control and it has helped him throughout his life yeah so that's the genius. All right, also, Marlene, I, um, anything? Oh, go ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was actually, in the end, um, for, like, as an outsider, I'm actually really not that interested if this is all intentional um, or is if it's just, like, a mess that, you know, he happens to stumble into. In the end, the acts that he takes, the things he says, the damage that he does, the danger that he poses in, in my view to um uh to to minorities but also to a feeling of we're in this together um it I, in the end it's i don't real, care where it I comes guess. from that the effects are real and ev- you know even uh, no matter if he sits his full term even if he gets reelected, um whatever you know uh if we've seen anything in in holland with um Uh, politics becoming more uh, going more to the right and going more extreme in the end if the person goes away the conversation is still shifted and that stays and that's really dangerous so i'm not so sure if if the cause is is that important if the effects are real anyway
0: well isn't it if we can all see him as a clown it it reduces some of that because i agree with you completely that 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 is the real danger and to be an american outside of america and have to answer over and over and over again for what have my people done <laughs> you know <laughs> is it, you you get really good at saying you know he's insane he's insane he's uprooting the system and you know there's people who politics usual they'd like to see it differently i'm i'm trying to justify how we could have gotten to this place and and yet i recognize one of the great american exports is culture is information is every Swedish kid can speak perfect American accented English from YouTube and playing Minecraft. So, so that you're absolutely right. That impact is real. It, but there's a part of me that wants us all to just see him as a clown because it, I mean, aren't we used to dictators being a guy who, you know, a narcissist who can't get enough power and, and we can see them as the core, not all 325 million Americans. But when I talk to Swedes, they're pretty sure half of America has lost its mind.
1: So Can I, this, this Bre- is Brexit, anybody Brexit. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. That here's would the be thing enough. about
0: Brexit. The young people voted the next time around. Like, that's the thing that at least England is attempting to pull off is mm. it woke them up a little.
3: I don't know. And that's like, what I was
2: saying well, about yeah, America. That's what it's the was saying. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But, Wendy, I have a feeling um, I ha- I understand. I understand what you're saying. But I'm afraid that the whole that the idea of us saying uh, or your feeling like I and I'm I'm sorry if I'm crossing a line. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But the feeling as a white woman to say, can't you please understand that he does not represent all Americans? It's a really, really big luxury to feel that only now. Because there are so many minorities who are constantly addressed by actions of individuals. And we, you know, they are, they are being called out as groups all the time. And I understand, and it's, it's really difficult because it's still unfair. I, it's incredibly unfair. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. But I think that, um, that for us, it's a really big luxury to be only now confronted by that notion that it's so fair <laughs> that we're...
0: Oh, absolutely. Which I think, uh, and I agree with you completely, it, it does. It, it comes from a place of total privilege. I have a, a good friend here who's a refugee from Syria who told me from the minute Trump entered that race that he would win. And I kept yeah. saying, "He's no way, no way, no way. We talked about it over and over and over. And when he won, he said... Yeah, sorry, but I knew it. And I said, how do you know it? He's like, because people secretly hold certain beliefs and feelings. And that's the thing that is, I mean, if, if white people are going to wake up and, or, or any dominant group wakes up, mm-hmm. sometimes they have to be threatened, maybe for the first time. So, so you can ask somebody who's you know, lived in America a long time and said, well, this doesn't surprise me at all. But for the sort of liberal, tree-hugging, white side of things, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, how is the yeah. world not PC? Because it's supposed to be. So yeah, that that's has Yeah, that's certainly invaluable. how
2: I felt as well. But yeah. I feel, you know, we do have a, a black man on the panel, so maybe we could ask yeah. him as well so how he feels. And that's I think what I meant when be. you
1: were... You're not crossing the line when you were saying that you're a woman and, and you know. So here's the thing. Being black, especially in America, it's a very convoluted, uh, crappy situation. So mm-hmm. do I care about how bad education is? No. Do I care about, honestly, people in Syria and other countries dying? No. Do I think that this president is going to be so bad for the world? No. Because I lived through Bush. I traveled around the world and people asked me the same questions. How could you go with that idiot? He's just ruining everything. You don't think guess it's what? worse, though? He star- listen, listen, listen. Just think about it from a standpoint of we started false wars that have killed millions of people that have tumbled into other wars and a quote-unquote good president extending and expanding those wars. And then – We don't want to take care of those people because we're just going there blowing up places. So is it worse? I don't know. President number 45 hasn't started a new war yet. Killing a whole bunch of people isn't on his docket just yet. I mean, we have Syria going on, but I mean, on his docket, he hasn't started a new war yet. So when we give uh, this record of, oh, he's just the worst thing for everything. Well, we have some pretty cool guys out here killing and dropping bombs day after day after day. For what reason? expansion, oil, money, corruption. It, it it goes on and on. So like I said, the fact that there's a moron in the house who can't hide his agenda helps people that are commonplace understand the corruption. Because when you sit there and you say, oh, well, we got to go save Timothy in this far off land, but then you don't care about all the kids getting killed and slaughtered in Africa. Well, why not? Because we're not drilling oil in Africa. Like I don't understand what's going on. So, There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that, but Mm -hmm. this president is not the beginning and the end all of minorities for women or anybody being mistreated. I didn't get no Obama prize in the mail. Do was in there for eight years. (laughs) Chicago had the murders rate above any murders for capital his his city couldn't stop people from killing. Oh, the highest murder rate for the last four years of his presidency of the whole country was in his city. You know what you do, Mr. President? You go take your freaking army of people that watch you, go drive through Chicago for three days and, and shut the whole city down and save some lives. That's what you do. But you know, what? we sit there, he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't do anything about it. So I feel it's like the same. As a minority, I feel like no matter who the president is, he doesn't run anything. He's a puppet.
2: So basically what you're saying is this, we as white people look at this and me as a white man um especially maybe we look at this and we're like oh my god this is so horrible but it's only because we're seeing it now when the Mm -hmm. minorities you know in the case of the other two panelists the women and in your case so when the 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 black people or the colored people in more widely were like well yeah it's been like that for for forever so welcome to the party basically i'm gonna
1: say one more thing and i'll be quiet later but let's talk for a second it's the, the general example I give people is watch any zombie apocalypse movie. Okay. Um, all these white people survive. And I'm sorry, this is going to sound crazy, but white people aren't going to make it. If there's <laughs>
3: <laughs> the right.
1: <laughs> white people are generally the weaker of the genetics, just by genetics. Black people are bigger, stronger, faster. But you know who's really going to make it? Uh, Latinos, Spanish people, Mexicans, they're gonna make it. They're the ones out here working in eight hundred degree weather, laughing at me about <laughs> air conditioning. They're the ones that are gonna survive on nothing to eat because they snuck over here in a barrel for three weeks with some coyote. Like white people just aren't gonna make it. Their sensitivity is too high, they're too soft, and they're too privileged. So if something crazy goes down, white people can't make it. Spanish people, black people, people being deported, I don't know about more one people com- in
2: history. You were the one complaining about air. air- air conditioning. We are <laughs> enduring the that. heat wave here in Europe, okay?
1: It's not, it's not 100% science. I'm just saying in general, 90% of the white people ain't going to make it like on these movies and shows. It might be 80%. Uh, Latino like ten percent <laughs> black, like 5% white, my percent right, white. Uh, uh, right. I'm not running nowhere.
2: I, I have <laughs> to admit that I, I personally, even though I can probably endure the heat wave, I I would collapse after running like fifteen meters and the zombies <laughs> would eat me first. So
3: in, in uh, fact, actually I think our prayers have been heard. It started uh there's thunder going outside now. So oh, uh, we, we we we're cooling off just a little. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the the prayers of the Phileas Club have been heard. Um, all right. So thank you guys for, for this uh, uh, panorama uh, picture. Uh, honestly, it's not exactly what I was expecting the reaction to be, but it's, uh, it's a very interesting take on the first six months. Um, I, I want to talk about the French election for a little bit because it is now basically over. We've had the parliamentary election and uh, a few days ago. And uh, if you guys remember... So I'm going to summarize, I'm not going to go over all the details, but really one way to look at what happened in the French elections with this new guy who came out of nowhere and because of uh, corruption scandals and the number of that other factors uh, managed to uh, become president and now has had a majority in the parliament, again, with his party that didn't exist like six months ago for all intents and purposes, uh, that is cataclysmic for the the French political landscape. Uh, We were expecting him to have to form an alliance with other parties in order to be able to govern, but surprisingly, he got a majority. Not as large as some people had predicted initially, but still an absolute majority in the parliament, which was very surprising. Um, And one thing that's really interesting, I think, in the way to look at it is, I think... That guy is uh, our Donald Trump in a way, meaning, uh, you know, he's maybe the the good side of Donald Trump, the other, the the flip side of the coin, Um, because he's really a guy that came out of nowhere and that was the catalyst for people who were tired of the old system and of the old uh, uh, habits, some of them morally uh, uh, ambiguous and we managed to 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 sort of focus our energy and anger on him to get him in power instead of having um you know the old guard uh, still being here and in the parliament uh the 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 old parties are basically almost non-existent i guess we have 577 seats i think uh the republicans have a little over 100 and after that, you have the uh, Socialist Party that has like 30 or 40. And after that, it's in the teens. So, And, and the, the En Marche, the Onwards, has um, 320, which is the, the majority is at 280 or something like that. So it's, it's like they dominate now. And th- there are two elements to this. One, he was saying, we need to end the polarization of our political discourse. You can't keep criticizing an idea if it's come from the other side, like not just criticize it, but admonish it just because it comes from the other side. That was a very strong message that he was conveying. And the other one was we need to end the not even, it's not even really about corruption, it's more about abusing the system for political figures. And a lot of people were saying, Oh, you know, you need to have a clean break and you need to have everything clean now. Um, and my thinking was, You have to, it, it's uh, uh, idealistic, you need to do the this in steps. And his, uh, there were three ministers from his government that were kind of not even indicted, but uh, uh, there there was a, a st- another study, uh, investigation open on them. Uh, and we didn't know if they were even guilty. Like, there are obviously steps, you know, you open an investigation, and then you indict someone, and then there's a judgment. And once the judgment has been set, you... Know if they're guilty or not. So we are a few steps removed. And the rule was for the government that if you're indicted, you can't stay in power. And that was kind of a strict rule they had established. But the three ministers out of thirty, I think, um, that were involved in issues and the issues. Just so you understand, are uh, having parliamentary uh, parliamentary aides being paid by the parliament to work on the, their parties. Uh, Affairs. So it's not as bad as what happened with the Republican candidate in the um, elections, in the presidential election, where he was having someone, his wife, namely, and others, uh, paid by the parliament or other functions to do nothing. So it was fake jobs in this case it's misappropriation of funds which is obviously uh, bad as well uh, but it's still in the investigation process and uh, three of his ministers that were involved in those investigations have been changed after the parliamentary elections and they've been taken out of the government and this is uh, a pretty strong signal that i think even his opposition was not expecting to go as as fast um, of course, there are still questions in the parliamentary elections. The abstention was really high, higher than we usually have. So there are questions of legitimacy of his action and a bunch of things like that. But the fact that he put out... Uh, the those ministers that were being investigated, not even even indicted, including some of his biggest support during the uh, presidential election, is to me a pretty strong signal that he's serious about this uh, uh, making things more moral. And even more than this, I think the murdering politically of the Republican uh president the, i'm sorry the republican candidate because of the uh scandals that he was involved in and what's happening now uh with those uh um uh, those demotions is signaling a gradual change in the French political system which is bringing us closer to what we're seeing in the north north of europe you know nordic countries have very strict uh um uh, intolerance for these kinds of scandals. And in the south of Europe, it's a little bit less fluid, let's say. And France has always been on the, in the middle and we're not really sure exactly what we want to be. And here, you know, time and time again, over the past 20 or 30 years, I've seen France make the right choice in these things. And we're still a very messy country when you look at more Germanic countries. But I'm... <sighs> I'm a little bit biased because I think that the the answer that this party is giving are the right answers. We'll have to see in the, over the next 2 years what happens with the um with the their actual policies and actions to see what happens. Um but I still think that this is encouraging and we're going the right direction slowly but in the right direction. So and I'm surprised because a few months ago I didn't think that's how things were going to go. I was very very worried. Um so yeah, that's the main thing that has been happening in France. I'm wondering if, if you guys have uh, heard a little bit about this and about Macron, the Macron-mania uh, overtaking the country.
0: Um, I have to say, thank you, France. <laughs> <laughs> I was so... I, I mean, that was the wake-up-to-the-news morning where I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That it wasn't <laughs> Penn. Was, I mean, to me, that's, that's the fear I have of sort of the the candidate winning that, that conjure up, conjures up sort of the support that hasn't been voters before or they feel slighted and, you know, alt-right or whatever that may be, um, and emboldens them. And it felt like France was like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're still, <laughs> I don't know. So thanks.
2: That's all I have to say. Well, well was that a sentiment that was echoed in uh, in Sweden? Or how was it reported on in Sweden? Was it, you know, oh, he's young and somewhat handsome?
0: Oh, yeah, we love our young and handsome. But I, I think it's it's his sort of where he is politically that matters more to Swedes, of course, and, and just fellow Europeans being how they would see as sane, because Brexit seems insane. And um, I mean, I remember when Trump won the next morning, every newscaster, I mean, as you listen to them on the radio, it's it. it You could hear their mouths were just open, like, what (laughs) just happened? And, you know, the the prime minister of Sweden, his statement was, well, we'll continue to work with America. Like it was, (laughs) we're going to do our best. So I feel like, you know, they saw the French election, a similar referendum, similar to the one in Holland. And and obviously Brexit has kind of gone a different way, but it frightens them, of course. Mm. They feel pretty, and they're a little country with, I mean, a lot of land, but. Not a lot of power. So it's it's a relief.
2: I think a lot of the smaller countries are very worried about what's happening, what would and I guess still could happen to Europe. uh, But we're a little bit reassured now with the French-German axis being, well, maybe axis is a wrong choice of word, but um, being strengthened with this uh, very pro-Europe Macron being elected. Um, But um, yeah, Marlene, You're, you're in a difficult Situation in your country? How did how did the news of the French? I mean, now it's done. It's been the presidential election. We always need to wait for the parliamentary election, but now it's done, yeah. and we have a solid government in place. Um, how was that received in the context of your embroidery? I think, government?
3: yeah, I, I think very, um, uh, I think very similarly to uh, what uh, Wendy described. I think um, uh, the Netherlands was one of the founding like at the core of European integration. We started with Belgium and Luxembourg. Uh, and from there like it sort of expanded. So I think um, um like traditionally the Dutch really considered themselves to be part of the of, of like the founding idea of a a united Europe. Uh, so and indeed uh the same uh <laughs> sentiment here. Brexit is completely crazy. There was no plan. There was no need for the referendum and, and all of that. <laughs> uh, I, think, um, I think I think think many uh, like uh, people who are part of, um, uh, of 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 like of politics really felt betrayed by even by just running the risk in the UK uh, with uh, with the referendum. Um, so yeah i th- i've already seen a couple of of, of news headlines um uh, we are a a, na- a nation of traders after all we've always been a small country but with like big airports big uh uh, uh waterways so the first uh headlines are uh, how the dutch can sort of strengthen their position to partner with the French and the Germans, because <laughs> you know we're a tiny country and we we oh we love to be acknowledged. So, <laughs> <laughs> as most, so yeah, most yeah. So that's I mean. really. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, one of the things that I was wondering that it just it just struck me uh, just now. It might be um, lightning, because it's really starting to uh, open up uh, uh, around here. Um, So let me know if there's any trouble with the sounds. No, it's fine. But otherwise, am I right in understanding that uh, Macron's party is maybe socially a little more left of center, but otherwise still rather middle of the road and economically as well? Or am I really something stupid?
2: No, I think, you know, I think it still remains to be seen. Um, His government is composed of people from the left and from the right. Uh, And that's something that both the left and the right are decrying because they've been in those, you know, opposition postures for so long. Um, I think if you ask anyone outside of France, they would say he's a social democrat, maybe a little bit to the right on the economic side because he's very much, he's almost a caricature of a startup enthusiast he wants to make (laughs) france a startup nation and he's like yes technology and like you know he had this make our planet great again speech where he's actually following up with actions he created a tech visa four-year tech visa for people who want to come to france and work in the tech industry he's really trying to push that um, aspect of the economy which Uh, Again, you know, I think a lot of people might say, I'm very mindful of the opposition uh, when I'm speaking about this, of the opposition in France, who Mm -hmm. would say, yeah, but, you know, he's a rich white dude and he's trying to solve every problem with, uh, uh, not a checkbook, but like, yay,
3: we're going to have tech fund for this and fund for that.
2: Yeah, and, and at the same time, he's trying to reduce a little bit of the taxes and these kinds of things. So I think... Anywhere around the world, he would be looked at uh, as a social democrat, more or less. In France, he's looked at as right of center, I think. Okay. I think. But yeah. we still have to wait, you know, for his actual policies to be put in place. Um
3: because so. what I'm what I'm really struck by is that um, because uh, uh, like part of um, of the discussion of the French election in Holland was, uh, I'm sorry, in the Netherlands, <laughs> I'm trying to get it right this time, uh, in my country. Um, That's easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's easier. Uh, was definitely, uh, see, uh, we held back uh, the far right, uh, as did France. But I think mm. that if you look at the outcomes, uh, and also if you, uh, same I think with the, with, with the um, snap election in the UK, the feeling, see, we held back to the extremes. But if you look, I think, uh, uh, indeed, we still don't have a government. One of the reasons for that um, is that um, there is basically no political centre anymore. People have either moved to the right or the far right or to the left or the far left. But there is basically... Uh, there 's no sort of uh a middle of the road center political party left anymore which is also which is why these coalition talks in in holland in in my country are <laughs> are taking so incredibly um along um if you look i think if you look um uh, maybe i 'm getting this wrong but i th- no i think yeah, well, I think in the in the UK it's something similar. Like the the center has has lost a lot, mm. but if I understand it correctly, it's that is completely different in France because you well, know the new party has like an absolute majority.
2: That's basically Canada. the 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 platform he ran on. He was, yeah. and and that's what we why he sort of saved the day, I think, for us because we were going the same route as the rest of the world, basically. Yeah more polarization more uh on principle criticizing of the other side no matter what they say and he stood there and because of everything that happened uh you know he stood there and he was saying in more polite terms stop this madness this is moronic um and he got he could because of the other people falling like flies he could get his message heard and the French people responded very strongly uh, to this. So I think we got lucky and took advantage of that luck. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're, I, I'm hoping that we can show the, first of all, I'm hoping he succeeds, which is not a Mm -hmm. given. He might fall flat on his face. Um, But I hope the first thing he needs to do is get some proportional representation in the parliament. Because currently we don't see, the the, the extremes are represented very, very little. Um, The far right has like eight seats, the far left has 17, and that's not okay. We need to have them because they represent, you know, whatever, 15, 20% of the population. They should be represented more, um, even if it's 10%, you know. Uh, So that's an important thing that a lot of people have been talking about for Decades and that they haven't done. But the second thing is obviously to get uh, unemployment lower mm-hmm. and the economy back. Back and if he manages mm-hmm. to do that, then we can see that that approach works. Um, if it doesn't work, then I fear we'll go back to polarization and it might not create the beacon of hope that we would like to see for Europe. That you know yeah. the center can work. But um, I, yeah. I did want to ask. Well- uh, Owen, have you heard about this guy at all in the U.S., or is it squarely focused on 45? So let me tell you two things. First,
1: you're welcome. Um, <laughs> without us doing what we did, A- again, like I said, people realize that crazy stuff's going on. And in certain places, luckily for you, France is small. And uh, there's a lot of diversity in. If general- France
3: is small, what are we?
1: <laughs> you know, it's all
2: it's all a matter of, of perspective. We, I would say, yes, the small countries love being noticed. But on the stage of you know uh, the U.S., China, and Russia, when we someone talks to us, we're like, Yay! Someone talked to France. So yeah, it's all
1: relative. But sorry, Owen, keep going. Sorry, friends Owen. If you don't, if you don't have a major iconic city that's in movies, and people will never know about you. So they.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. In that case, we are a big country, and yeah. we have Amsterdam.
1: You have pot, so that yeah. that is, you I know, your owners that don't do anything but sit on their to smoke weed. It's not the same. <laughs> uh, anyway, Lucy, again, you're welcome because, uh, you know, that's why it's funny. Like here, when like. Kanye West was like, "Oh, I'm going to run for president in 2020." And people laughed. Now they're like, "Oh, wow. If Trump could be president, anybody could do it." So, um that's the first thing. So oh, is Kanye going to run? Is Kanye going to run for president? No, I hope a wrestler named The Rock, uh, oh. Johnson. Oh, The Rock. Uh, yeah, of course. I vote yeah, for him. The Rock runs, he's going to win. Um but uh, you know what the first article I saw about the French guy, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost positive this is him. Did he marry his old teacher or something? Yes.
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: That was the first article I ever read on this dude. <laughs> that was the article. I'm still like, oh, so he's depressed. Like, oh, but wait, he married. So you told me his, he married an old woman and his romance story and how she's still hot and he's hot, but he married an older woman. And that's what I'm reading. That's the first thing I read. That's the first thing I saw about the dude. That's uh, how America cares. And that's how we got 45 and America, America, well, America.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I think a few people cared about the fact that he married his old uh teacher but there were almost immediately anytime anyone mentions this well the fact that he was she was his teacher makes it a little bit weird uh but at the same time a lot of people go like well if you know a, a man had a woman uh was m- married I mean if the man was much older and the woman was much younger no one would care so there's some you know, realization uh, yeah, of that double
1: thing. is what made it happen. And the fact that, like, yeah. you know, uh, he, he weighed around. It, it, the way they made it sound it was like a creepy love story. and made older women feel good that they could still get a young Thundercat <laughs> to love them. <laughs> the way it was There's a um, little bit of that. I, I won't lie. There
2: is a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. As opposed to the usual older man is out there, lorn with uh money to get the younger woman. so it's you know it's a whole to do but that was the first thing i read about the guy and then i looked into <laughs> it a little bit afterwards and uh he seems like a cool dude seems like a yeah. cool cat doing things differently and uh i wouldn't mind having him uh, uh run stuff over here someone like him he reminds me of a uh, dude that's running canada Trudeau, trudeau whatever his name is yeah trudeau yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, is, there's there's apparently <laughs> some um, romantic fan fiction uh, between the two Trudeau and uh, Macron <laughs> <laughs> happening. Of
3: course, there is. Amazing on the
2: internet. <laughs>
1: so, well, that, uh, not just not that that has anything to do with it, but like so when you look at. There was an article I read. And it, again, it's stupid that politics even comes down to this anymore, but like how the rest of the world is getting sexier and younger or whatever, and then they just put Trump next to other leaders and they're all cringed <laughs> next to him. It is the most amusing thing because like he just, even in the most powerful position, the fact that you could turn people off that quickly, that they can't even respect you. Because most of the time, even if they don't like you, they still have to respect the position. People look at him like, they either want to run away or stab him repeatedly. Because there's no other adoration thrown his way from anyone, except for maybe England. <laughs> well, as, as someone
2: said, I think it was Wendy or Marlene, sorry, but the, the UK election has gone. You know what people have been talking about now? It's the Queen's hat which was basically yeah, a mini uh, European flag, and that was that made a lot of noise. Rightfully so, I think. It's basically the the biggest way that the Queen could say anything about this is this wearing this hat, which um, is is a very strong statement. For that, of course, it doesn't really matter, but. It matters in the symbolic sense.
1: Well, but I I think
2: in that
3: case it does matter because I think um, I think in the UK it is incredibly not done for the Queen to have like any like noticeable political views. Of course, yeah. So so in that case it actually is a big deal that she still because for people who don't think it's gonna have an impact is No 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 but but I think that she like ran the risk of even like all these these talks about because I've seen that headline in Dutch newspapers too. Mm-hmm. she had, does she, she does had she a have... blue hat with yellow flowers that looked su- suspiciously like like the yellow stars on the blue uh, flag. That that's the EU flag.
2: Yeah,
1: so was, does she have really... any power?
2: No. Well, so it's, symbolic. It it's symbolic. It's symbolic. She, it's symbolic.
1: She's a symbolic figure of someone who has no power whatsoever i mean as far as i'm concerned i don't even know why you still even have a queen i don't know why it matters it's like throwing a uh, parade for your dog and celebrating your dog's birthday like (laughs) oh yeah the dog's a part of the family well no it's not it's just your dog and treated as such because the fact that she wore a hat whoopty flippity do so you wore a hat to signify to what people that already went voted a certain way and then shit. ow, woo, the queen stuff drives me crazy. That whole thing just needs yeah. to get done because it doesn't mean anything. What, are you going to rally the troops? You can't say anything. If you're not politically empowered to do anything, then just open your mouth and say, this isn't the way I feel the country should be run. That's how you inspire people, not wearing a, a the- yellow hat with orange flowers in it. <laughs> like, oh, uh, the queen, the queen. No, but
3: but I'm sorry, but, but look, at, look at Trump. Look at how successful he, he is with using symbols. Uh, it, it's the same thing there. You know, the, the he, has is, he has he, power. He does. He does now. But there are plenty of like um, there are plenty of people who people have always used symbols to express things when they were in the, when they when they didn't have any political power to change. Uh, and sometimes it it's not about changing. I mean, I I don't think it's a big deal that it's going to change something. But I think it was significant because it's. Yeah. I mean, she's been sitting on that throne for a really long time, like really long time.
1: And it's doing like, what?
3: Well, yeah, well, she's I mean, sitting here being the queen. But then, if like, oh, in this entire time, if she actually picked this moment to at least make some sort of a uh, like some a little statement, I th- I thought it at least interesting that it like yeah. That it, I think that it you know it's it.
2: it's. Uh, you know, we could get into a whole other episode, and maybe we should one day about the 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 uh, royalty in the UK. That would be an interesting one. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it was noticed. At least we can agree on that, and it was reported on. So, um,
1: um, all right, That's let's just move replace on. America against going against uh, queens and queens. That's all. We're, we're, we're over the pond over here. We don't, we don't run that kind of stuff anymore. You know, we fought for that. So that's just, that's just my inner American coming well, out. Well,
2: you know, we, we're not too fond of royalty here in France either. Last time it didn't go too well for them. So uh, <laughs> I think we kind of can share that, uh, that characteristic. Um,
3: all right. They, they were almost done in the Netherlands. And then our crown prince married a, a beautiful Argentinian woman. And then suddenly everybody's totally okay with the monarchy again.
2: Well, you know, you know, in 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 Sweden they have they have a, a, a royal family as well, and everyone loves them, right?
3: Yeah,
0: they do. Partly because they are, I mean, I don't. I think people could complain about the money that gets wasted, but um,
3: mm.
0: these are folks that. You know, ride their kids in their bucket bikes to school and <laughs> yeah. go to regular. I
3: mean, they're pretty low same key. Yeah. So it's yeah.
2: not exactly the same kind of royal no. family.
3: Right? No, I mean, I think most people in 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 the Netherlands also like sort of, uh, sort of like don't feel they don't want like sort of. It's been discussed should our monarchy be like completely symbolic, like like in the UK, and everybody's like nah. If it's if it's that bad, then just ditch it.
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine the money that they spend on the queen and the prince, and all that stuff in England. And then the prime minister lives in this little row home house. Like I can't. It's just so weird to me that she sits in this cave of money and power and gold, and they just pamper her and just hang out and does whatever she wants and fly her all over the, the world. Um,
2: it's you should watch the, the the Crown show on Netflix. It's pretty good. I'll check it out. Um, all right, Wendy, what's been happening in Sweden?
0: Okay, well, I have picked a story that might not be the newest of stories, but i i have a I have a microphone suddenly, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, sure, go nuts. So maybe all of you have heard this that Sweden has the highest um, incidences of rape in the world.
2: In Sweden? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you heard this?
2: Yes. Yes. No.
0: I had oh, no idea. I'll tell you why Americans heard it because <laughs> Americans love this crap. They, um, it's it was written somewhere that internationally all the newspaper are like, "What? Sweden's the rape capital of the world?" And then it fits into so many narratives of Sweden is also taken in all these refugees, and of course it's their fault. Oh, uh, because it's
2: because let me let me guess, it's because of what they consider rape. I'm guessing, but will well, get to, I'll get to yes. that.
0: I'll get to that because there's a, a number of factors, but. Okay. I'll tell you personal experience. So I am working with a client who lives in the United States. We're talking and she's planning a trip to Scandinavia with a bunch of friends. They're all singles in their mid twenties, early thirties. And she says, my friend refuses to go to Stockholm. She, we've canceled that part of the trip because she read this article about the incidences of rape. And I said, um, I literally don't know of a safer place on earth than Sweden. I don't know of, of any. So go outside your door. You're in more risk of being raped right then than you are in going to Stockholm. And it's because, again, how news is portrayed. And this may be a whole nother discussion of how
2: fake news we sort of.
0: Yeah, fake news or, or how it, it's reported the way it leaves out a lot of things or or it's contextual with within a culture. So I've had many, many people ask me to verify what they've read because they know we live here. We brought our kids here. We're happy here that, you know, I, I talk about how safe it is. It's amazing. I don't have to lock anything. And it's very confusing to them. Like, wait, but I heard this. So I found this great article. It's kind of recent, someone explaining some of this. So what was your first guess there? You said, Patrick?
2: Oh, I I, I know that uh, some things are considered rape that i don't think would be considered rape in other countries but
0: absolutely absolutely okay so the numbers i'll give you the numbers first so um the the evidence the claims suggest that it's about 63 reported rape incidents per 100,000 citizens in Sweden compared to 27.3 in, out of 100 in the US and 27.9 out of 100,000 in Belgium um okay so the difference is And it's really interesting because once you live somewhere and get a good sense of the culture, um, first of all, women are very much empowered in Sweden, um, very much encouraged to speak out against this type of thing. So reporting um, is is an interesting thing. They report an incident, the police believe them, and then it's pursued, which is a very different experience sometimes in the United States. Uh, Women are not necessarily Uh, treated super well once they've reported a rape. We have a lot of evidence of rape kits being done in the United States that sit in storage for years and years and are never processed. A rape kit is when you're raped, you go to the emergency room and they swab samples from your whole body. It's very traumatizing. Um, And then they've never sort of been prosecuted. We have lots of, there's a lot of baggage with that in the United States. And it's it's a challenge. In Sweden, not so much. People will, there's more of an emphasis on you need to report Um, This is the safe way to do it. There's a lot of uh, maybe just generally more women um, empowered to sort of use their voices here. So there's that piece. But then there's also what, like you said, something that would be called sort of just sexual harassment or some type of physical assault that doesn't result in technically rape, but is sexually motivated or is violent is also considered one of those numbers. So you're right, that's because they count everything
2: towards that number. So could you give us an example of what would be considered, you know, included in the number of rapes that would not, people in other countries would not think so?
0: Um, So aggravated assault in the United States might be someone has a weapon and they're threatening um, to harm someone and they didn't necessarily complete a rape or get, you know, and they're apprehended or someone comes along and breaks it up and how that may be reported as an aggravated assault. That number would go into a different category than a rape. So if the rape was completed, that would maybe count as a rape in the United States. In Sweden, that counts as a sexual assault slash rape. So that goes into the number that where we get that 63.
2: So to, to get to get a little bit graphic, but just so that we understand if there is no, even if there is no actual penetration, the aggression with the intent of rape, is considered sexual assault, which would be counted in the rape statistics. Is that yes. correct? Okay. So
0: there's a thing that happened sort of a little bit too much last summer at open air concerts and, you know, big sort of group um, gatherings for festivals and different things where women would be groped or after a woman was drunk, you know, someone would mess with her. And the, if any of those are reported, that goes into the, these numbers. They're They're very proactive about keeping track and, you know, sort of marking everything down and having it all. So, so the numbers look really bad when you count all of those things. But here's the other thing I found really interesting as I researched this a little bit is that, so let's take an example of a partner raping their spouse. And let's say it's two weeks, they rape the person every single day. Um, The victim goes in and reports this to the police. That would count as 14 incidences in the Swedish numbers. That will count as potentially one instance in the way other countries record this. So it's one of those things about um, news and how we report things and, you know, the power of not going deep <laughs> is that we simply think, oh, I can't go to Sweden. I'm going to get raped. Well, not true at all. In fact, you have so much more power here to um, protect yourself if something does occur because of the way the system is set up. So it's, it's interesting. And I've found that I've had to perpetually teach people this. So I thought, okay, Patrick, this isn't the thing I'm going to talk about. So sorry.
1: (laughs) Do you you know what your, you know what Sweden's crime is? Yeah. Sweden's crime is is freedom and peace and energy and and (laughs) solar and, 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 doing things that are proactive. You know, if you would just keep your mouth shut (laughs) <laughs> and go along with the status quo, and maybe cut down on the wind and the solar and the, the uh, uh social giveaways. You know, the peace and the love and the happiness. If maybe somebody had a gum pop off every once in a while, we would respect you. But if not, we have to slander you and yeah. make you look bad. I I've had very competent people telling me about Sweden and how bad Sweden is. Oh, and look at the numbers and. What you just said is all factually true, and in my brain, I instantly processed it when I read the article and people told it to me, so much so that I said, you're stupid. I'd send my child who's 10 and a girl walking through Sweden butt naked before I sent her through L.A. with an armed guard squad. Like, you don't understand, like, the things that people think in their mind, like, just because you read something, it doesn't tell the whole story. Because my thing was, well, where are the statistics versus other countries? Because the ones that there were in the articles were so generalized that okay, well, the first thing I thought was, well, what what's considered rape? What, what are you know the things you broke down are things that weren't even qualified in any of the, like three articles I remember reading when people were just on this frenzy of oh yeah they they like solar and and, and they didn't want to clean up the earth mm-hmm. but they can't stop their citizens from being raped and I'm like whoa right. what Sweden what <laughs> no I think yeah so, but it- it's it's
2: definitely. an issue of reporting and of, I think it's an issue of news media that we, I don't know that is getting, that is getting solved Uh, as bad as things are. I don't know that it's getting solved in the, in the U S or anywhere, but um, I mean, we keep fighting the good fight, but um, one
0: last thing can I say is that with regards to the, you know, massive influx of refugees in two thousand. Fifteen, as the sexual assault rate went down that year. And, and I think sometimes the narrative, I think this is just human nature. I believe something. You tell me some other fact that doesn't jive with what I already believe. I have cognitive dissonance all of a sudden and I got to rectify that. I either have to open myself up to learn more or I'm going to double down and just be like, whatever, you're full of it. You're fake news or you're, you know, there's a way to discount That so I can go back to feeling comfortable with what I think I already believe, Um, and that's this is yeah pretty human and it's it's hard and we hit it all the time and news is one of those things that I think creates this quite a bit.
2: I think the solution is for everyone to listen to this show, but you know I'm biased. (laughs) But you know I want to I want to talk about this a little bit more, um, but I'm going to attack it from a slightly different angle because I think you broke it down you know, pretty much as, as much as need, it needed to be. Um, I don't know exactly what the situation is in France, but there is one thing that was interesting that happened in the past few weeks, which was the release of the Wonder Woman movie. And hmm. I do think, I, I'm curious what the women on the panel uh, uh, think. You know what? I'm going to ask you you two, instead of saying what I think about it, um, is it, you know, is it an event? Is it, what's your take on the Wonder Woman movie? And, you know, the first major female superhero, like woman empowerment, all of the, these things. That's um. false. <laughs> all right. Uh, but <laughs> Alien. M- what? No, but superhero and current. I mean, anyway, Marlene. I'm what
3: just you
1: busting you your chops. I know.
3: Um, yeah, it it hurts like hell to say, but I still haven't seen it. I really want to. Uh, <laughs> the, re- the release in, in Holland has actually been, I think, um, a little uh, later. Cause I kept. I think talking you mean my the, ne- the
2: Netherlands is what you meant.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry. I Obviously, I meant the Netherlands <laughs> and not Holland because that's just a tiny part of our country. I'm so sorry. So, in the Netherlands, <laughs> the movie was just, uh, I think, released for like a, a week or so. Because okay. I've been, like, bugging my boyfriend about wanting to go to the movies together. Uh, he also wants. It. That's not a problem. But <laughs> I, I kept nagging about it while it was still not being shown. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> but um, I'm really eager. The things I've heard are amazing. So, mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, I, you don't necessarily have to have seen it, but... Um, I was talking about the noise that was being, being made around it. But uh, Wendy, do you have more of a take on it? Or is it also not really something you care about?
0: You know, I am it? planning to see it when I go to the States. It just came out in Sweden okay. a couple weeks ago. But I, uh, it's like $25 to go to a movie here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a cheapskate. So I'm going to wait till it's, you know, nine bucks somewhere. But um, no, I'm excited to see it. I, I feel like... Um, You know, recently I heard Sarah Silverman tell a joke. She said, you know, we got to stop telling girls they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up because you plant in their head the idea that maybe they couldn't have been whatever they wanted to be. Like you actually introduce the idea Mm. of they're not good enough by saying you can do it. You can be whatever you want to be. Um, and I feel like there's a little bit of that with any step anyone takes with anything. It's just like amazing. The first woman. To, it's 2017, folks. Like, w- how is this really the first? That's ridiculous. And yeah, it kind of is, it. though.
2: Great. I mean, in the in the world of superhero movies, current, you know, the the modern superhero movies with the wave of Marvel movies, it it is the first. Yeah female character that is not only... I mean, you'll tell me what you think when you see the movie, but she's... To put things objectively, she's a normal superhero, um, which I think is, is... I mean, I loved the movie. I thought it was... I want to take my mom, see the movie. <laughs> you know, she was fighting for her rights in the Middle East when she was very young. And that meant, you know, wearing jeans and not a dress at the time. Um, yeah. So I want I want her to see that it's possible um, and that she can, you know, she, she can be... Not, it's not about pride, but she can see that all of it has led to something and th- that we're still on the way but i mean she's not wonder woman and that thing is incredibly powerful and not sexualized and uh, there's one thing which i loved was a, a while ago there was a, a picture that circulated on the internet that was a girl for her birthday or whatever she wanted to be uh, princess thor and i love it you know <laughs> i love that like, <laughs> yeah and she was a princess and she was lovely and all of it and she has thor's hammer and i think that's in the in the vein of what you were talking about with the Sarah Silverman joke. like I completely agree, but we're in the steps. And I think what the way I look at it is we're now in the same way that people realized racism isn't over. People Mm -hmm. are also realizing uh, uh, sexism isn't over, but for some reason, I think we're managing to progress a little bit faster on, um, on, on the the long road of ending sexism than for racism. But this is, I think, symbolically, we were talking about symbols earlier. It's, I think it is a, a significant symbol. And it's the first one, we make a big deal about it. Hopefully the second one, we won't make as big a deal about it. And the third one or the fourth one, it will become commonplace. But uh, right. I mean, that's the way I look at it.
0: And, and then people see themselves uh, in in film. I think... Uh, It's exciting when um, minority produced films are out and main characters. uh, You know, I I heard a joke once, like, is it possible to see a a black man have sex in a movie that is not some caricature of something? But just a regular actor having a sex scene is not something you see. So if and uh, you know, oh, and tell me if I'm wrong. But when you never see yourself as a normal character. Having a normal interaction in a movie, it really distances you from the culture at large that literally thinks every actor, every historical, anyone was a white guy who looked like Brad Pitt. Like it, you don't see yourself as
2: as a white guy places. who doesn't look like Brad Pitt. I have to say, I feel very, very
1: uh, uh, right. marginalized. But, uh, but there's
0: there's something look and uh, Oh, and go ahead. I want to hear what you have to
1: say. Uh, uh, hold on. I'll, I'll get back to answer your question. I'm just going to hijack for one second. Um, Leah, say hi hi can you hear hi.
3: yes yes
1: <laughs> you we watched wonder woman right yeah did you like it yeah did you feel empowered by it i don't know what that word means uh <laughs> did it make you feel strong and did, did it make you think that girls could be strong and and stuff
3: i already know that
1: true story yeah excellent um, yes. secondly uh what do you want to be for halloween you don't know yet. Okay, so last year, this is a, just an example, and I'm going to get her out of here. We went and saw Deadpool, right? Yeah. What did you say after we walked out of Deadpool? What did you want to be for Halloween? Deadpool. Deadpool. And she yeah. was like, I wish there was a Deadpool girl. And I was like, oh, there is. There's Lady Deadpool. We went and got the comic book, and nine months later, she was Lady Deadpool for Super Halloween. Deal. So, I mean, um, <laughs> there, as far as the empowerment goes, like I said, that movie, to me, and the way I raised my daughter, it wasn't empowering at all. Her hair was flowing too much. It was too pretty and too much makeup, and everybody looked <laughs> like goddesses. So I mean, yeah, that's just what every woman plans to be—a super beautiful, eight-foot-tall Amazon. So at the same time, when you're sitting there talking about the empowerment of women, it also degrades women at the same time. So well, I mean, uh, all right, it's all right. here just nor a second. There. It, it's superhero movies. Just for movies. me, for men, it, it for men superheroes. They, I also it, don't look like the men in those movies. I mean, yeah. that's.
2: But yeah, yeah, okay. I, know. I get
1: you. I'm, I'm I'm saying I'm saying the general premise of when you want to overdo the lore of women and what it is. Yes, it's a superhero movie. First of all, it's fake and it's not real. Secondly, as far as representation goes. I don't really have that issue because I watch a lot of black films. So I see black guys in power and stuff like that. And my daughter, we watch stuff. My friends call her Leah Farrakhan and Spike Leah. She's very into pro-justice and equality. And as you heard her say on her own accord, she already assumes that women are strong. So that movie didn't really do anything for her. (laughs) It didn't even excite her enough to say, I want to be Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it, it was an okay movie. And I feel like, we're making a much bigger deal of it, just like you said, because there's not that many characters like that. But when you watch yeah, Marvel Things, sure. Scarlett Johansson's character and all those Iron Men and Avengers is the most – she's a Russian spy with no heart that keeps all these dudes in check. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so the fact that we're, like, drooling over Wonder Woman, I'm like, there have been other women recently that have carried this torch. You know, now we're going to get – uh, black Panther, and Black people are just excited. We can go to Comic Con and dress up like Black people. That's that's the most exciting <laughs> thing about Black Panther. You know, you get a Black director, Black all this. So I get it, but sometimes I feel like we overdo it because there there's such a starvation for it. Oh, that's the and, uh, whole point. Yeah,
2: that's exact. I, I agree. It's overdone. It's a little yeah. bit overdone. But the whole point is that because there was nothing before, or very little. I mean, yes, Scarlett Johansson, you know, the Black Widow. I, I can name is, other
1: characters, too. But I see what you're saying. I just... Yeah. The end of the movie wasn't that great to me, uh, no, in I general. I thought it was I, I I liked it. I saw it twice. I had to see it twice. Saw it for myself, <laughs> then I took the kid. So it's not like I didn't spend my money to go see it. Um, but okay, it, again... Enough. I, I'm just like I said. I'm different. I think differently. I, my daughter is been raised to be a beast from birth, and she's uh, <laughs> MMA. She's a purple belt. She's been doing martial arts. She was four. She plays every sport. Like Lord knows, no one's going to take anything from her. She's going to give it to people, and that's my mentality. You, you are, you are a first-class citizen in my eyes, and hopefully in her own eyes. And so I just think a little differently on those things. So
0: no, that's think- awesome. And I, what I yeah. want is, I want my skinny-ass white kids to watch movies about regular black people because it's in the theater. It is an option. Yeah. It is not, I don't have to search down through the internet to try to do that exposure. That's what I want. And, and shows about women where they are not sexualized, that they're not, if they're smart in the film, they're not also ready to flip off their glasses and wear a short skirt. Like just more goodness, more well-rounded. That's what I want. So I have yeah. that like, okay, here's a step. But then I find out she only made $300,000 to make that movie yeah uh, yeah and then i'm like wait a minute
1: <laughs> that's my and that's my point about again when, how i just when i hear that i instantly break it down in the reality of things these women are nine feet tall these women are all gorgeous <laughs> her hair's flowing every 30 seconds of the movie like they literally just put a fan in front of her face she's walking through town her hair's just flowing they would never do that to a dude and yes dudes are highly i'll never look like thor except in my dreams and in somebody else's dreams would but at the same time you look I like thor that. in my dreams and that's no, that's right. Black Hammer. It sounds right like you could, you could be more so. I have no image. I can completely go with you. Hey, car. exactly. So, I mean, but and it's different because so boys aren't taught to have that quote unquote shame. At, at yeah. some point, I was a thin kid, then I was a fat kid. I didn't cry when I watched He Man and thought, oh, I'm never going to be that way because it's just, hey, that guy's got a six pack. But women, it's like, oh, you don't have large breasts and you don't have blonde hair. You're worthless. So, that's what I mean about just not even acknowledging that when I break down the, the, that that movie, because I still see everything that's wrong with it. As so, much as I know what's right with it, I know what's wrong with it also. I, I completely agree, and I
2: long for it's that start, future when... Yeah, exactly. I think, just like the, the people in my country in France saying, oh, we need the entire government to be clean immediately, and look at this, like, we still have this scandal and this thing that is questionable, and this thing that is morally reprehensible, but not quite illegal, and like... And my answer to them is like, yes, I agree, but it's a process and we need to get there step by step. And I, pa- I really Patrick. think that the the saying, oh, but you know, the, the in this case she has hair flowing everywhere and like, yeah, of course. It's not it's not it but we need to go through the steps in order to get to that future where raising a little girl to be a normal human being with the same rights and expectations as everyone is not going to be something to be uh, uh, celebrate, it's not worth but, noting. but something, yeah. yeah, exactly, not worth well, noting. And I think we're. Well, it's in, encouraging for me to see Wonder Woman because I think it means to me,
1: at least, it it means we're on that road. So that's why I, I like it. But. And full circle again, as quote yourself, you are a white man, so you are at the highest archy of privilege. So, and yeah. you're a good white man, so you think, <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> great. Well, thank you, Women and minorities think, oh, cookies, you're pandering it a little bit. We appreciate it because we know better. We know the systemic. We know how deep it goes. So seeing this cookie on top of the cake, we're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool story. But at the end of the day, I still – I know what could be better. And even though I appreciate it, even the way you started it, you characterized it as a superhero female character, it degrades the fact that other – Large characters by women have been played. So we nitpick and put it no, down in this little not, Okay, I'll not let you, it go, I'm but not it's saying, not. Yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm talking about the media in general. That's how it's been characterized. Uh, this is the first female because they want to put it in this box to make it bigger than it is when really it's another female character we've been long overdue for ones that we've had in the past this isn't the first one but when we finite it again at the same time with the sarah simon thing it makes one feel like oh well, we've never had a female leak yes we have we need to celebrate yeah, but- them more as, as opposed All to right. finite them down to celebrate I, them like I, said, I think
2: i think the two men in this conversation talked way too much but.
1: No, <laughs> we, we was clean. saw it. We saw the movie. They didn't see. It. That's how much That's power it That's did. It didn't true. even
2: get them to go see it. <laughs> what are you doing? You're not. You're not playing your part for female dumb in the world. <laughs> we're not <laughs> representing
3: oh my no, but shame, I maybe, you know, shame, maybe it does mean shame, something you shame. didn't
2: you didn't run i do to understand
3: see it, both i i really understand because i, I re, i'm i'm with patrick in the idea that i'm glad that we have this movie and i'm glad i'm mostly glad that it did so well in the box office yes because yeah. what that to me shows that finally because you know there are many many things uh, where the reaction has always been, well, if there would have been a market for it, it would have been made. Well, at yes. least that ridiculous excuse, that is out of the way. So in that way, I'm glad. I think in that way, it did teach you something uh, new or at least a lesson that had not been heard enough. Let, let me put it that way. But I also understand that in the end, yes, movies are like shape a lot of how we. I mean, in in our Western world, where where we have all this access to movies, and where where all these movies are such a big part of how we build our world, the world in our minds. I understand that it's it's really valuable, but I also understand that there it's so much more. And I've I've um when I hear hear you Owen, and I <laughs> when I hear your uh, your daughter talk, uh, it reminds me. For years, I've been like really frustrated about all these like major um outbursts of sexism or racism whatever uh on like on this entire chart um and it always makes me feel incredibly like powerless because like the the guys around me don't act that way Um, so instead of just complaining what i've tried to do over the past year is um is like have my boyfriend and my dad and my brother Read pieces like articles online that I felt expressed how, as a woman, I, as a white woman, I experienced this world and to point them out that there is not one day when I leave the house. There's not one day that there is no single, that, that there's like none. Uh, no incident of sexism occurs in my personal life. And I've tried to explain that to me and give them examples. And what I see now is that because I show them this is what happens, and it's not just the big things, it's especially the tiny, tiny things that happen, like, throughout the day. What I notice now is that my boyfriend, like, came up to me and told me, like, hey, I'm, like, in our, uh, in our MT at my company. Um, he works at, like, a tech uh, consultancy firm. Um, uh, he says, you know, I want to show this article to my colleagues because I want, I want to help them understand what it's like. And I cannot speak from my own experience, but this article helped me. So let me share. I notice now that when, uh, like when he comes home, he will sometimes say, you know, I heard this colleague or I heard this guy at the gym say this. And then I, I decided, you know, that's not okay. Let me say something about that. So what I notice is that um, next from just being annoyed and frustrated by all these big events that I indeed cannot change and for which I'm really grateful that we now have a movie like Wonder Woman and that it shows there's a market for this. So please, let's make more because it's a good way to make money. Um, but also try to put that frustration, like, um, like give it a place where it actually does help especially because the guys in my, my personal life uh, aren't like that. That means that they all have colleagues whom they can speak to, uh, to address. So I think it's both ways because, I, Owen, I think you're completely right. In the end, it's about what we teach our daughters. And that means they need to hear and see like all the opportunities that they have instead of it being like some sort of special moment that
1: we now have a one movie. And and shout out to Robert Downey Jr. on the Avengers, the second movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was the lowest paid, and he refused to do the movie or sign a contract until she was paid equally with uh, the other male counterparts. Indeed. And So, uh, things like that do matter at the end of the day, too, because, you know, oh, great. She does so much for women. And then at the back end, they're not getting paid the same and they're still getting treated a certain way. So it's superficial to me. And I, Patrick, like I said, I, I fully understand. I just always give the opposite view, but I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I agree in general. It's just, I can't. And I, want,
0: I want to just fuse what Owen and Marlene said about, you know, her her comment about teaching girls. Absolutely. I'm the mother of three boys. And I'll tell you. Three oh, yeah. white boys. Like, my husband and I are ugly white people. My boy is a <laughs> handsome white boy. So every privilege is on its way down his <laughs> doorstep, right? And so we have lots of cool conversations. But what is so amazing, and your daughter's a great example of this, is this crap is taught and shown to them over time, which means yeah. the opposite is true. And my kid comes home the other day and starts to talk to me about why girls – dyeing their hair or trying to look a certain way. And he's trying to understand it. And we go into, well, let's talk about what society tells them. Let's talk about what boys demand, at least in their mind. So what are you you going to proactively do about it? So he went to this girl who dyed her hair and just said, I think you're really great as a person and kind of just gave a like, hey, I have another thought here. Or or he found out his favorite music is that annoying EDM, whatever. (laughs) And he said to me, mom, why can't I find any female artists? And I said, that's a great question. Why don't you figure that out? So he searched and searched. He found a bunch. He loves them. He's paying for their music. He's promoting them to other people because it's, it's the seeds are there. And yeah, children of the future. There we go.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Wani. You're totally right. It's about teaching all of them. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Um, all right. Um I think we're going to slowly get closer to the end of the show. But uh, Marlene, we did mention a little bit the fact that you don't have a, a, a government yet. Is there, uh, do you want to talk about what's happening in the Netherlands? Um, <laughs> in the Netherlands, yes. <laughs> I mean, that or something else? <laughs>
3: um, um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so we had elections in March. I'll make it super, super quick. We had elections halfway through March uh, and um, like there were quite some big shifts. As I said, the political center has been completely, um, has completely vanished. We have um, a much bigger uh, parties on the right and on the left. But especially we have like sort of the like the fringe parties have especially gotten bigger. So the ex- we have all like we have moved to the extremes on all accounts. So uh, um, because we have a representative democracy, which is like, we don't have a winner-takes-all system, so we count all the votes in our tiny country. And then uh, uh, we divide the, the total number of votes cast. We uh, divide that to the, uh, through 150, which is the number of seats in our uh, parliament. And that means that so if you uh, have for one seat, you need X number of votes. So it's entirely
2: Um, proportional. It's not like by region. and Exactly. It's entirely.
3: Thank you. That's the correct word. It's entirely proportional. Uh, So last time I was on, I forgot to mention that there's this beautiful infographic of what's the difference if we if we would have like the winner takes all system per province, which is sort of like. Well, on I mean, in a really general way, you could say like America has its states and we have like provinces, which are like the second level of of government Uh, and how that would change um, how the parties are divided. If we would have had like uh, uh, the per province sort of American uh, system, we would have only three parties um, uh, and uh, we now have, let me count. 13 parties. So that's wow. quite a difference. Okay. <laughs> um, and that means that, so with 13 parties divided over 156, that means that you need to get at least 76 people in agreement. Normally, that used to be two parties, maybe three parties, especially, uh, I think, since the Second World War it has mostly been a combination of three parties. But right now, there is not even one combination of three parties that uh, would work, except if you would work with uh, the party uh, run by Geert Wilders, which is the most extreme uh, right uh, party. Uh, also somebody who's very famous um, <clears throat> uh, across our borders is definitely not one of our most like, proudest export products. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um, so, and, and basically every party has said we will not work with him. So because of that, you need at least four parties now to form a coalition. Um, the one that was sort of everybody expected we would end up with, uh, they've tried like all these talks, it didn't work out. Then they had a new, um, informateur, as we said. So it, it, the person who's like, who's in charge of the negotiations between all those parties, like the sort of the, the dude who sits at the, uh, also the first time it was a woman. So the, either the lady or the man, uh, who runs these talks. Uh, we have a new one of those now because the first one uh, wasn't able to find a good match. And So it's been I four think, months. Oh, yeah. So we've only just now broken like the average time it takes for us to form a coalition. So really, we have plenty of time left. Okay. No problem.
2: Oh, so that's not that uncommon. It feels to me like you're saying it's the apocalypse, but
3: well, it, it is. isn't. It, oh. it, well sort of it is because because normally we would now say yes yeah, either going to be this coalition or that coalition and they just need to like figure out like sort of the, the like the, the little details, things right. the tiny de- details and all that. Right now people are saying we have no idea if if this is even going to work ever. So how, let me truth. ask
2: you, what's, what's the feeling then about, because when you came on the show uh, after the election and mm-hmm. you said uh, the far right had been, uh, you know, uh, pushed back a little bit and didn't yeah. take it all, you felt really good about the election because it was moderate. Do yeah. you, I mean, I'm guessing you're not regretting what happened, but how does the country feel about the election?
3: Oh, yeah. So, see, this is my, ta- my turn to say I do not represent everybody who lives in the Netherlands, not even everybody who lives in Holland. Can you imagine that? So, that, um, I think I think many people are sort of, because all of the commentators are just saying, well, we don't know either. There's not, I, I, I have a feeling there's not a lot of sort of hysteria on like oh they should go this way they should go that way or it's it's crazy everybody's like yeah that's a really complicated puzzle you lock so on that
2: you're meaning there's no inflammatory comments or politicizing of this whole thing uh, are people being reasonable
3: no I think people are just waiting and and they'll just they'll just wait and see right but that see.
2: seems like a reasonable somewhat reasonable approach I'm sure in some other countries. <laughs> looking, looking westward, you know that that would become like the incompetence of whoever and the scandalous whatever of whoever. Like, there's no inflaming the situation is what I'm understanding from what well, you're saying. Uh,
3: well, I mean, of course, there are some talks like that, but but to to as far as I I've read them, they're really rather. Uh, uh, moderate and the, and that is because we, we have always been a nation of uh, um, a country of of coalition government so we know that there is honestly no use in like making a big huff about it because that will only like uh, um, lessen your chances of actually becoming part of, of the government because mm. all you can do is be like really mean about those parties that you might need to make a deal with and that's really difficult So there is there actually there's one big party. So Geert Wilders' party, the PVV, and like a new party who is also uh, on the extreme right, but who only has two seats out of 150. So, Uh, so we don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, They are they keep making a big hop about it. Because that's what they do. They're not interested at all in being part of a coalition because mm. that would mean the, they need to make compromises. And they know very, very well that that will never like pay off for them politically. Okay. So not, yeah, not only do others not want to war- work with them, but it also doesn't make any political sense for themselves to do that. However, mm. they, they together they take up so many seats that the puzzle is really, really difficult. Of course. And I was indeed really optimistic because that... That formation, that coalition of four parties, that has now twice officially, sort of, fallen apart. I was really hoping, really praying that that would be it. <laughs> and but, uh, I'm, yeah, so so yeah. now that is off the table. I am seriously worried.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure we'll keep following that uh, that amazing TV show of a of an election <laughs> in the next few months. Um, I'll
3: uh, make sure to retweet the um, retweet the uh, the image of like how the the type of voting system, like what the effect of that is on uh, uh, on the on the government. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Tweet it at me. I'll,
2: I'll retweet it as well.
3: Yeah, because it, cool. it's it's really mind blowing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the problem we're having in France, which we we have no. Uh, represent uh, proportional representation. And I think the answer lies in the middle because if you want to have a country yeah. that is governable, you need to have some unity. Uh, but also you need to have so what we hopefully will have is a mix between the two. Um, All right. I think that brings us to the close of this very long episode. I want to thank all three of you for being on the show. Um, Let me ask each of you to tell me where we can find you uh, on the internet. Wendy, is it still Instagram?
0: Yeah, I I can't get sucked into that other stuff. Uh, Wendy, (laughs) W-E-N-D-I Dunford, D-U-N-F-O-R-D on Instagram. And then... You can find me on therapythursdays dot com as well.
2: On therapythursdays.com. Thursdays with an S, yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Wendy. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Marlene, what about yourself?
3: Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh I'm also I didn't get to get to sit it, but I'm incredibly uh honored to be on the show with Wendy because I've Heard her at Therapy Thursday uh, talks uh, on Scott's show a lot. And uh, you always <laughs> made sense of the American soul to me. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice to meet you. And I'm very glad I met Owen. Because um, uh, from now on, when I don't know an answer, I'll just say America. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> I, I can live with that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you can find me uh, on Twitter. I am at Monxi's. Uh, and that's spelled M-O-N-X-I-E-S, I think, if I got
2: my yeah, English out w- better. It will be in the show notes anyway, so yeah. you don't have to. And, uh,
3: um, so, um, and I'd love to hear from people, because uh, last time I was on, uh, I had some really lovely conversations afterwards with uh, listeners, so glad to hear wh- what you're thinking.
2: Yeah, the listeners are lovely people on this show.
3: They are, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Owen, what about yourself, Good sir.
1: Uh, first of all, I'd like to get a verbal confirmation from you, Patrick, that you will join me on my podcast It's called Doc Tales, where we interview people. So since I did your show twice, I figured you had to pay me back. So can I get a yes on that? Just I, say yes real quick.
2: It is not just a yes. It is an emphatic and enthusiastic yes.
1: Yes. And you can find those things at IQMZ.com. I'm on the internet, uh, as Odoc on everything. And if, if I'm not there, then it's not available because nobody wants to steal my name because I'm crazy. So I can just <laughs> leave stuff floating out there without taking it. Uh, appreciate the show. Uh, lovely to be surrounded by lovely ladies. I don't know if you notice this, but I love women. I love listening to women. I love thinking <laughs> and, and, and thinking about women, everything about women. So being on a show with two women is exciting for moi. And uh got to sneak my daughter in So that's three women on the show I think we broke a record So uh, I'm super excited and thankful to be here I appreciate it And uh, your fans are great Because I got some nice emails too From people telling me that I sound smart I love when people lie to me on the internet It makes me feel good about myself
0: And Owen, oh, and yeah. I have to say I have not missed Americans Until talking to you Oh, I've kind of forgotten. I've forgotten hey, hey, stuff hey, a little bit. Hey, don't forget so you're
1: married you. out there. Okay, I know you got two lovers too. Remember, I we're all hey, white this people. Just, you're fine. This is kind of, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I can give you a kid all year round ten. That's one thing I'm offering. You know, if you're looking for a third. You know what I mean? But uh, I
2: appreciate it. All right, cool. Thank you very much to all three of you. Um, If the lovely uh, listening audience uh, wants to support this here show, you can do so at patreon.com slash The Phileas Club. A number of you guys and gals uh, do that already. But if you think that this show uh, does something right uh, brings you a little something uh, to your daily life and and intellectual life, then uh, maybe you would consider uh, giving away one or a couple of your hard-earned dollars at patreon.com slash Um You can also go to iTunes and leave a review, just like Coco22 from the UK of Great Britain and Northern Ireland did he said critical listening? This podcast is where politics need to be. We need to have people talking more openly and with the freedom that uh, they do on this podcast. This is critical listening for anyone who has even the mildest interest in politics. Uh, thank you very much, Coco Twenty Two. We do try to uh, provide a variety of opinions. Um, I don't say all opinions are represented because I'm not sure. You know, sometimes you go too too much to the extreme, and it's just. Uh, uh, listening to all people for the sake of it, but if you listen to the show, you know that we have not just a bunch of liberal, bleeding heart liberals like we we are on this episode, um, and. You know, the the show I think uh works in that way. So if you think so as well, as I said, patreon.com slash thephidias club. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook, and you can find this show at Frenchspin.com. If you want to go comment about what we said and what we discussed, if you have uh different opinions and uh you want to come and have a discussion, you can do so there. We're very happy you listened and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks probably for a special and if not in a month for a regular episode talk to you then bye
0: And Marlene, thank you for not telling me you listened to me before, because I, I would have been too nervous.
3: <laughs> I had a, I had a feeling, because I've listened to you that much that I figured that out.
0: <laughs> she doesn't like to know that anyone knows her voice, uh-huh. yeah. so uh-huh. I appreciate yeah. you holding that back. So thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry everyone. ruined your Thunder, your uh, Wonder Woman Thunder. I heard it in your voice. You're like Owen. But the love of women, I know. But. <laughs> no, I think, I think it was perfect. And you know what? That, that was with, with the, the.
2: Inclusion of your daughter, you, yeah, you're that was completely amazing. legitimate, more ten times more legitimate to talk about this than me. So you know, yeah. like the, the the actual women on the show are probably twenty times more legitimate, yeah. uh, and you're ten oh, times. once we've so.
3: seen it, once
2: we've seen see
1: it. And that was the worst thing. I wanted her to be more excited about it, and she was just like, "Okay, like yeah," because again, the same things I saw, she saw too. Because she just she's educated in the way things are supposed to be, yeah. and I've seen her way more. High about like I said, like Scarlett Johansson or other things than this movie, which was just centered around women. She's just like, eh. you I'm know, like, I oh. do
2: think I, I don't know that it's going to be the case, but I really think that this is one of the things where a generational shift is going to oh. fix a lot of these things. And yes. when we are grandparents and we talk about these things, and you know, our generation says stupid stuff, the, our our children and our grandchildren's generation is going to look at us and think, you know, oh, you know, that's just. Mm-hmm. Grandpa, he says weird stuff sometimes, you know, like, like we sometimes listen to our grandparents and go like, ah, or weird racist Uncle Al or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's a different generation.
3: They're all, they're all called Al though.
2: Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm it's right, weird, right? Sure. It's yeah. strange. And they're always at that- my Thanksgiving dinner for some
1: reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, all that stuff just takes time. By the time yeah. we're old, there are going to be so many transgender, poly, he, she, they, he's, <laughs> that people are just going to have to be more accepting of everything. Like I tell people all the time, I like so. it, it just takes time for that old regiment to die out so yeah. they can't influence as much as they do. Yeah. so. Well, either way, yeah.
2: I, I really want to hear from uh, Wendy and Marlene what they thought about uh, Wonder Woman and like completely honest opinions. If you thought it wasn't that big a deal, I'll be crushed. But you know, I'll, I want to know. <laughs> so please let me know when
1: you when you've seen it.
0: All right, I, I'll do it in America where it's affordable, and then I will let you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, All right. Right. twenty-seven dollars is a lot. That's like New York money. Is it know, really twenty-five right. dollars?
0: In my I tiny mean, little town it's uh, so yeah crazy. a brand new movie so if you wait a little while it gets a little cheaper but Cuz yeah. even yeah. here
2: in, in in
1: Finland it's you know 15 and
3: Yeah it's yeah. it's around 15 euros here too.
1: Yeah. Wow, yeah. in America it's $12 and then we have $5 Tuesdays. If you wait till Tuesday the movie's only <laughs> 5 bucks. I'm doing yeah. that.
0: Here's the thing, I want them to make money for a woman's film but look at me, how do I do this the cheapest way <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.